Good morning, everybody. I hope you are doing well. I hope you're having a uh, good summer so far. Oh, my goodness, that was pathetic. We are not having a good summer. I don't know what's going on with that. That's, I don't know. It just doesn't sound genuine, you know, the second time. Give us another. How's it going this summer? We have a good summer? And the teacher led the way in the screaming. Yes, the teacher led the way. Trying to make sure I'm in the right spot. Am I in the right spot, AJ? Not yet. Are we good? Okay. Thank you, Miss Bree, on the assist. Pointing at him. Let's go to God in prayer. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Father, we are nothing without you. But we are so grateful that we can do all things with you. Uh, Father, that you give us a whole new identity. Uh, that you are willing to totally change our lives in a radical and new and amazing way. Right. Father, you want us to live as those who have won the fight. Right. And uh, Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit moves powerfully today in love and encouragement, uh, that you move me out the way, that this continues in the fellowship, uh, continues as we close out, as we sing more, yeah. but even more importantly, as it moves into Monday, Father. That we can keep our eyes and hearts on you and draw nearer to you and to each other. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I'm going to be home alone this week. How many of y'all seen that movie? I'm getting old. I'm getting old. Some of y'all have seen it. Home alone, right? Home alone this week. Uh, coral in India took off on me down to Swamp, Camp Swamp. If you're not familiar with that, that is a huge get-together for all the young kids that our uh, sister churches put on. They all come together. Coral has not been able to go to it in like two years since COVID hit and then a lot of health challenges hit. And let me tell you about my precious daughter because I'm missing... I'm missing two-thirds of myself today. I'm incomplete without them. I really miss them on the road. But I tell you, my daughter is a hero in my eyes. Uh, everything she has been through in the last two years, I could talk for hours about that. Uh, but to put it in a nutshell, Satan has tried to hit her so hard uh, to doubt uh, her desire to live, to doubt her desire to serve in any capacity. Uh, and he has took the gloves off, as he always does. But he can't hit any harder than God would allow. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And what we have seen over the last four or five months has been nothing but a miracle. And I just want to thank you for your prayers. I want to give praise to God for that. Because the fact that my daughter and my wife are headed down the swamp is a miracle in of itself. And I look forward to the warm welcome she gets from brothers and sisters down there. And that it can be life changing for both my wife and my daughter. So it's just an amazing time for that, amazing time to celebrate that. So happy you're here with us today and that we're going to talk about God's word. We've been doing a series, uh, Tosin. God really used Tosin last week. Let's give him some encouragement. It is no easy task to come in and start talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But he dove in and he loved the challenge. I knew he loved the challenge. Deep down he loved the challenge of it. Getting in there and trying to make sense of all that. And, uh, you know, did a great job. And this series goes back about uh, four weeks before that. So if you feel like, man, I don't know exactly where he's coming from with that, then just check it out online. Because I won't be able to recap everything, right? Which is going to be moving forward a, a little bit here today. Um, but excited that you're here today to kind of join us in what we've been talking about. So where we left off last week 
is we were talking about these wonderful spiritual gifts that God. So the Holy Spirit is a gift to those who obey the gospel that are born of water and spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is a gift out of itself, but then it gives gifts, right? We get this abundance of gifts, man. And I tell you, the more I study out God's grace, the more lost in it I get, and the more I'm like, why do I struggle so much? Right, right, right. Like, if God sets me up to win this much, I, I really need to get a deeper conviction about this. Right. Like, Monday morning shouldn't be this hard right. if I have a conviction so much about what God has done right. for me every day of the week. And so it can't get enough of all of that. And so just a quick recap of what we've been doing. You know, you see the dusty Bible up there. The dusty Bible is the greatest enemy because it means you're not reading it. Right? It means I'm not reading it. It's bad news, right? Uh, there are limits to what we can learn and do for God if we're not spiritually mature enough. Right? If we're just fighting for our lives all the time, if we're just fighting for our lives and not reading the Bible and just trying to decide whether we believe in God or not, we are really not going to be able to really be developed to our full potential that God has designed for us. Right. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to struggle. Right? It doesn't mean you're not going to have hard days, hard times, hard events. Last two years of my life have been the darkest that they've ever been. Mm -hmm. Right? But God was with me through it all. That's right. Right? We're all going to go through really dark and hard times. That's the question right. is, are we going to recognize that God is with us? Or are we going to recognize that we need God because he's not with us yet? Mm -hmm. Right? He's there. And he wants to have a closer relationship with us. He wants to have a family relationship with us. He wants to be really there. Right? So the Holy Spirit, in a recap, what we're talking about is that it helps us have a deeper connection with God and each other. We can have a relationship with God that is deeper than we could ever imagine and calling him Abba like a baby. Right? But then at the same time, we can have relationships with people who are completely different from us That's because right. of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Look around the room. I love doing this when we're, we're looking around the room, not just at the differences of races in the room, ages, ethnicities, right? All the differences that are there that makes God's kingdom beautiful right. across the world, not just here in, in our little room here at North Shelby, Shelby Library, right? So it gives us this opportunity to have on that. But we talk about being filled, and you see the three buckets. The top one has holes all over the place. We talk about being filled with the Spirit. It's plural. It's talking about us all being filled together with the Spirit. But as flawed human beings, those buckets have holes in them, right? But having the ability to work together in love to patch up those holes. Patch up those holes together so that we're the bottom picture. We have as few holes as possible and then expecting another one to come free. Right? Not being devastated that another one needs patching. Right? When we have some trouble in the church. Right? But having that kind of grace there and then understanding that, you know, everybody has a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Like, if you obey the gospel, you have it. You have a gift. That's right. Do you believe that? I mean, that's the bigger question, right? The question isn't whether God says whether you have a gift or not. Right. The question is whether what you believe about that. Right. The question isn't, does God love you? The question is, what is your conviction about that? Right. And what is going to be your response to that love? Right. right? So it kind of really puts us in the driver's seat to really make decisions that can radically impact our future and the futures of those around us, yeah. right? Because we're not an island to ourselves. So, you know, when Tosin put this graphic organizer, I am a teaching nerd, 
I can't help it. I've been in education for like 20 years. So you show me a graphic organizer that's cool, and I'm like, damn, I gotta have that. So I, I had to send uh, Tosin an email. I said, let me see your PowerPoint. I said, I gotta take that. You know, all, all teachers are thieves. You can just take from other people, and you look at it, and you say, you know, hey, I'm still saying things Francis said for the last, uh, you know, 29 years I've known him. <laughs> but when we look at these verses, these are verses that talk about our spiritual gifts, us tapping into those spiritual gifts and being able to use them, right? And the common denominator between all three of them is that those gifts are used to help build and unify the body of Christ. Now, what's amazing about all three of these churches is, you know, they were all going through some type of turmoil. Right. Now, I've talked a lot about the Corinthian turmoil in past sermons. But even in Romans, you know, the Roman church had a lot of turmoil, too. I mean, they actually had an edict in Rome where they, they expelled all the Jews, right? And then they changed that, and they allowed the Jews to come back. So they had this congregation that really didn't know how to interact together. It was predominantly Jewish at first, and then all the Jewish Christians were expelled. That's why Priscilla and Aquila met Paul, right? And then when they all came back, there were all these Gentile converts. And remember, this Gentile Jew, it's a big deal. The type where you don't eat together. You don't hang out together. That's how bad it was, right? They hated one another. And now all of a sudden they got to learn how to interact together. Same thing in Peter. They were going through this intense persecution from Nero. So hard times were in abundance. And the way that God responded to that was saying, hey, we got to work together and you guys got to use the gifts that I've given you. And you got to use them in love. It talks about love in all three of those passages. Talks about loving each other deeply in 1 Peter. Has a whole chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 about love. Everybody heard of it? Oh, yeah. Right? Nice long dialogue about love right after gifts. There's a reason for that, right? Even in Romans 12, it talks about how love must be sincere. Right. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Honor one another above yourselves. So it all comes together in this beautiful artistic piece that God puts together to help us understand the connections between loving God, loving each other, and utilizing the grace that he has given us, using those gifts for other people, right. using it for the common good. But I know, I know, I know, I know, right? So what now? Right? What now? You can talk about gifts, talking about the Holy Spirit, but look, I got problems. <laughs> and it's not helping my problems. So what now, really? Are we going to do? Come on. You know, and then on top of that, right, because I know this question's coming up, right, because we like to overthink things. Yes, sir. Uh, raise your hand if you're an overthinker. I'm raising my hand right now. We're overthinkers, right? So then paralysis by analysis. Oh, how do I identify my gift? Oh, my gosh, what is my gift? I don't know what my gift is. I don't know how to serve. I don't know. <laughs> Sound familiar. <laughs> we got all this panic going around. Like, I don't know what my gift is. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that how God designed it? No, sir. Now, it's just interesting to me when I ask myself questions, you know, because I end up asking y'all, but, you know, I ask myself these questions, and I'm like, why is it so hard? Why has it taken me so long to understand uh, about gifts? You know, what has really been the delay in that? And if I sat down and shared with y'all the conversations I had with Frank about being a teacher in the kingdom, Right? And how long he had to wait with me about that. As I wrestled through my fears about it. As I wrestled through my anxieties about it. 
as I was like overanalyzing everything, right? It would take forever. But I know what I keep thinking about is I know we have people in the audience doing this too. We got people that are really just overthinking this and not keeping it as simple as we need to. Right? Right? So let's try to simplify it a bit. Now, I'm not going to be able to stand at the door and point to you and tell you what your gifts are. So if you were hoping for that, or you're hoping Frank to be able to do that, you're hoping for Duke to be able to do that, nobody's going to be able to do that for everybody, right? But here's the thing that, you know, there is a piece of this that comes from the outside. There is a piece of that that comes from the body where people will say, have you ever thought about doing this? Right. Have you ever thought about serving in this way? Right. Have you ever thought about giving in this way? Have you ever think about teaching a lesson in this way? And that will happen. But if you're like me, you don't always catch those moments. That's right. You don't always catch them because you overthink them. Or you immediately dismiss them. Catch me on a bad day. <laughs> right? Catch me on a bad day and watch me shut down that spirit real quick. Uh, I ain't doing it. Right? But... Let's keep things simple in the sense that we have a God that we're all here to worship, correct? All right, so what he says is he knit us together in our mother's womb. Yes, sir. So does he know us? Yeah. Did he put us together? Yeah. Then did he give us all the idiosyncrasies, aspects of our personality, talents, interests, passions? Did he give us all those things? Did he give us our own DNA and our own genetic makeup? Can we all agree on that? Yes. Do you think he might have a chance of helping us uncover our spiritual gifts? Yes. Just a little bit. Do you think he might want us to uncover those spiritual gifts? Do you think that might be a priority for him? Do you think it would be high or low? I'm thinking high, right? He wants the world to be saved. He has a vested interest. In helping this process move along. So we can't go any further in identifying your gifts than starting with saying, it might have been prophetic, Frank, you cut it off. <laughs> so we can't go any further than that. Let me ask you this. Are you praying about it? Are you praying about it? Step one. Step two, are you studying the word of God about it? Step three. He or she who walks with the wise grows wise. So that means you have to put effort into getting around somebody you think has godly wisdom and then identifying those aspects that you can move into. That might be the missing piece of your equation right now. That might be the missing piece of your equation if you're reading and praying already. So what I want to do is I want to take a look and I want to take a look at Romans 12. So go over to Romans 12 for me. We're going to revisit that passage and look at one other passage. And then we're going to be moving along. Come on. We're going to be moving along. Get into some great fellowship. But I want you to think about this while we're reading through this. Okay? So this is an amazing passage we're going to go through. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. It's not an exhaustive list. But before we read this passage, there's a bit of a... Uh, a section of 11 that I'm going to read to you, I want you to absorb, okay? I just want you to listen. It's Romans 11, 33 to 36. It says, oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments 
and is passed beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Amazing passage. Those are the type of passages that you drop the mic on. You sit there. The secret things belong to God. What is revealed belongs to man. And what is revealed is that we know that those that have obeyed the gospel have a gift. We know that. So then it is upon us to seek that out. It is upon us to keep our eyes on God. Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members and these members belong to all the others, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it uh, diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. It's an amazing passage. But it gives us some principles to go by. So before I go discovering my gift, don't I need to be surrendered? Right, yeah. Right. In view of God's mercy, do you see God in his mercy? Because if we don't see God in his mercy, we're not going to see his gifts. Are we ready to offer up our bodies as living sacrifices? Because it's bigger than Sunday worship, right? Because we're talking about 24-7, seven days a week. We're saying, God, here I am. Use me. Is that where we're at? Because that is where the conversation with God begins. That's right. That's right. And if we don't have that conversation with God, we can't get to the other parts. That's right. Doesn't matter how much you analyze gifts. Come on. We're not going to figure it out. That's right. Because we're not trying to use them for the right purpose. That's right. I didn't sit down at my desk as a young Christian and say, one day I want to be an assistant principal in a middle school. Nope. I did not say that. But this is where God has me. Amen? Amen. God takes us places. It's about our surrender. After we see his mercy for us. Right? That amazing mercy. But another thing is uh, that I want to elaborate on is here in verse 3 that it says that, uh, you know, do not think more highly uh, than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. And, you know, that can throw you off. Can you be like, don't we all need to have faith? Yeah, well, we all do, but that's not the context of what it's talking about. It's not talking about saving faith right there. It's talking about God gives you the faith to use the gifts he's given you. Right. You want to know what your gifts are. What faith has God given you to do? That's right. 
What's burning on your heart when you're surrendered to God? What's making you get up and run in the morning for God? What's passionate that's there? What makes your heart start to kick in a little bit more? Because God has given you everything to be successful. Not only has he given you a gift, he's given you the faith to use that gift. Unless we don't have faith. Right? right? right. Yeah. Unless we don't have faith right now. Which is a whole other sermon and a whole other conversation. Yes, sir. See how that can get in the way of us progressing? Right. All the more reason to grab somebody before you leave today. Not put it off that you're going to text and call somebody. Grab somebody, set some time up before you leave today to get your faith back. Because it only takes a moment of repentance. That's right. It doesn't have to last long. That's no matter right. how long you've been down, it does not have to last yes, long to turn things around. Yes, sir. Right. Probably the sun came right back. Yes. Right. All right. So it's amazing how God sets us up to win and how God values every aspect of every gift. Tosin was telling me a story that in a previous congregation he was at, that there was a sister known for giving the best hugs. Wow. And that she would come to church early to make sure she hugged every member. Wow. And that all the members would talk about getting a hug from that sister. Wow, that's what a gift of mercy. What a gift of encouragement. Right? And understanding that God values that. God values everything that's hidden. Just as much as he values everything that's out front. That's right. So let's say you're the insecure Christian. And I get it. I live there. Been there. I oscillate between a lot of insecurity and a lot of pride. I just go back and forth. I have a PhD in sin long before everything else. Yes, sir. Right? Yes. Very much. Uh, but I, here's some things that God says that really challenge my thinking at that. You know, because in 1 Corinthians 12, 15, it says, Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That's pretty insecure, isn't it? Because I'm not this, I don't belong. Because I'm not preaching. Because I'm not singing. Because I'm not getting talked about. Because I don't have a group that I lead. Because I'm not this, right. I don't belong. Right. Right? Come on, Sean. Right. Now, that's not how God views us. That's how we allow ourselves to get when we don't have faith. Right. And we don't believe God's word over our thoughts. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to test God in secret, and he's blown me away. When I was a young Christian, I didn't have that much to give in contribution, but we used to pass a plate around, and I used to try to sneak in my money, wrap uh, lower bills on top, right? And I used to try to sneak it all in to see what would happen. And then all of a sudden, I get a call, brother, you want to do the uh, contribution message? It's not like they were counting it and associating it to my name. It was just random cash. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, I'm giving some encouragement to give a lesson on it. Wow. Right? What I've noticed is that the more I humble myself, like Jesus did. Mm -hmm. Then in due time, the more he lifts me up. That's right. yeah. That's right. And that goes from my marriage. That goes from being a parent. 
that goes from just one another relationships. Right. You know, I, I was I was living with other brothers and sisters for a long time. Well, not sisters, right? I was living friends with other brothers. I know. Wow, India is gonna be called what? What are you doing? I know, right? I was living with brothers. I was living with some brothers a long time before I was married. I was I was having to do. I was having to do Debo's in the house, right? Las Vegas, come on. We were having to do Debo's and be unified in that household before God trusted me with the family. That's right. Right? I had to invest in relationships and living with brothers who were completely different than me. Right. And learn how to sacrifice for one another. That's right. Because that principle of sacrifice is what teaches you how to navigate a marriage. Yes, sir. Right? That just happened. Right. You know, long before I started teaching behind a podium, it was really just teaching one to another. Right. You know, teaching is not about just Sundays. Right. If you get this teaching, you should be teaching all the time. Right. You should be calling brothers and sisters up and sharing, hey, this scripture really encouraged me. I'd like to encourage you with it. Right. Yeah. That's a daily thing. Yes, sir. That's not a Sunday thing. Yes, sir. But as you commit yourself to those things, whether it's Giving everybody an encouraging hug, whether it's making sure you text everybody throughout the week, whether you're calling people to pray, whether you're setting up everything in the back, you're setting up the sound. When you empty yourself into that and you bring yourself down just like Christ did, then he lifts you up. Yes, sir. Amen. And you're like, I hear you, but there's always trouble in paradise. There's always trouble in paradise. If you can read some of the signs, these really tickled me because it's reality and then it's kind of funny because this is what it can really get into. We expect our congregation to serve us. We come to be fed instead of to feed others. We come to be served instead of to serve others. And it's not just a Sunday thing. Right. Right? We, there will always be ways we can separate ourselves from other people. Right? right? right. Like, like that my needs aren't getting met. Right? How, how many other uh, couples do we have that have been married 18 years and got a 16-year-old daughter? Right? How many other people in here do we have that are single but they're in their 50s? Right? How many other people do we have that are in the campus or the team ministry? Right. Right? You look around the room, it's a very diverse room. There's always a reason to out yourself away from everybody else. Right. Do you think we're the first ones to go through that? Yes, sir. Do you think the early church had some reasons to not want to be around one another? Right. Some preferences that they didn't connect with? Right. God, for the first time, opening up the kingdom to the Gentiles? People they had hated for centuries. Right. And now he's telling them to worship together. <laughs> Big transition. Yes, sir. Role of women changing. Role of women much more, you know, much more advanced in the kingdom than it was in the culture of that time. Yeah. All these revolutionary things that gave everybody a reason to say, I'm not with this. Right. There are not enough people that are around that have my common interests, look like me, act like me. Mm. There's a lot of reasons I can separate myself from everybody else. Who else has gone through A, B, and C? 
But there's only one reason in the New Testament why everybody came together. And there's that one reason better be pretty powerful, right? Right. That one reason is still here. Turn over in Galatians for me. Galatians chapter 5. Read 7. Still trying to figure out how I can explain my blunder to my wife. <laughs> Honey, um, just messed up. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> she does, she does. So, take a look at the pictures I have here. Wow. And let's bring this back to gifts. Because our gifts don't get used because we lack faith. Mm -hmm. We lack faith because we get disappointed. Mm -hmm. Can we be honest? Yes, sir. Unmet expectations ever had? Yes, sir. Right? Any relationship you've had, you've probably battled disappointment and expectations. Yes, sir. Interesting quote here, 90% of all disappointment comes from unrealistic expectations. Wow. Tell you what, if you've been around kids, if you've had to raise kids, if you have been married a time, if, if you've been married, if you're still married, you understand how much reality tries to check your expectations. Because yeah. you have this expectation being over here, and then your kids or your spouse or whoever has much different expectations. That's right. And you are brought back to reality real quick. Right. But I think we can agree that unmet expectations is the number one relationship killer, including your relationship with God. Yes, sir. We want something. Maybe we feel like we need something that God has not given us. Wow. And we pull back. Right? So let's read here in Galatians. Starting in verse 13, it says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will gratify the desire, you will, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, excuse me, I lost my belong to Christ Jesus, have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
Right? So we want to use our spiritual gifts. So we talked about at the beginning, we can't even begin the conversation unless we're in view of God's mercy and we're surrendered, right? Yeah. Unless we have faith in that. Well, the end of that conversation is, guess what? You're going to produce fruit of the Spirit. Right. So when you're doing something with your gift, look at what it produces. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We have the beginning and the end. We know that. All that's left is your journey and that God is going to reveal in stages. He'll always give you enough along the way. But here is the challenge, right? There's this war on the inside of us between our flesh and the spirit that leads to all those problems in church. All those self-focused narratives. There's that war going on inside each of us. There's probably a war going on right now here in this room. There's probably plenty of them. There's plenty online, right? There's a war going on inside me right now. Right? It's there. That is the reality that we deal with. That reality has always been there. You know, when Paul and Barnabas were encouraging the church, they said, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Right. And there are all these things in the book of Acts that happened that were really hard for the church that either happened because a brother or sister sinned, or somebody else sinned, or somebody who was lost sinned, and it affected everyone. But the beautiful part about this is that if you go through the book of Acts and every time the church is challenged, hurt, hit hard, they overcome by the grace and spirit of God. Amen. You're overcomers in this room. It doesn't matter how hard you've been hit. Your gifts can bring you above everything. Your gifts can propel you past everything. So when you look in the book of Acts and you read and you see how devastating and how hard these problems were for the church, what you'll see subsequently is how the body rallies together and how they respond. Right. So it's not just about the hardship in life. That's there. That's real. It's about the victory and the gift of the victory. And we can do that together. But we got to go. You don't just play defense in football. Even Alabama's not going to win a national championship just playing defense. They just learned how to play offense a few years ago. They've been doing it well, by the way. But let's think about this. Bear with me on this analogy. Imagine we got football season rolling up here. Let's imagine a team, every time the offense comes out, they punt. Every time the offense comes out, they punt and give the ball back to the other team. The Jets. That was the Jets last year. That was the Jets last year. That's hopefully Aaron Rodgers can change that, right? So here's the thing. Spiritually, if we have the sword of the Spirit... Your spiritual gift in the word of God tied together as a weapon. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If God says, look, I'm not only with you, I'm inside you. And I'm going to give you a gift to help you bring all this glory to my name. We have this sword. Are you the one in battle that has put down your sword? 
I got my helmet on. I got my shield up. And I'm just taking all the beating from Satan. Sounds miserable, doesn't it? You know what? It is miserable. We've been there, right? Some of us are still there. Because when we pull back from using our gift, we're just really playing defense. Jesus said to go make disciples of all nations and continue to teach them. He said to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said to go do that. See, I don't know how it is for you, but I have to fill my schedule up a lot this week since my family's out of town. Right. Yeah, come on. I, I don't do well just sitting around the house trying not to mess up. I really don't. Right. I do better when I'm purpose-filled. I do better when I'm purpose-filled and focused on going and doing what God tells me and the Spirit is calling me to do. Right. If you're like me, then we need to be more on the offense this week. Yes, sir. And we need to help each other get back to playing more offensive faith. So that we can get out there and share our faith with the people that God has around us. You know, I ran my errands yesterday. This is where I'm going to close out. I'm running my errands. I'm frustrated because I got to run errands. My, my daughter's getting her box braids, which takes about four hours. India's with her. I'm on my loan. I'm just driving around trying to get things done. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I need to go to the AT&T store, but I don't want to go to the one on River Chase. That's going to take too much time, because then i got to drive all the way back from Lakeshore. I'm going to miss out time on study. Anybody relate to these conversations? Yeah. You haven't had yet? You're just trying to run through your schedule. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Right? right? So all of a sudden, I get this epiphany from Jesus. I was like, why don't you go to the AT&T store that's right there in front of me that I didn't even know was there? Wow. <laughs> Walk on into the store. All of a sudden, I run into a former student. Wow. Former student says, I've been thinking about you. I wanted to reconnect with you. Okay. I'm like, let's exchange numbers. He's like, yes. Wow. Now I'm going to be able to get lunch with him, share about God, learn about his life, and then share my faith with him. That's how God works. Right? That's how God works in our lives. With opportunities to serve and to reach out. Hey, Peter keeps it simple. We got gifts of speaking and serving. Look, look keep it simple in your life. Are you speaking and serving people? Right. Speaking God's word, serving people. Let's have an amazing week. To God be the glory. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time together. Uh, thank you for the uh, truth and simplicity of your word. Help us keep in step with your spirit. And when we fail, Father, just help us repent. Help us run back to your loving arms, your loving people. And Father, help us have godly expectations. We pray that we can focus on the cross and everything your son did for us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.